0: Det är det enda ni gör på dagarna. Ni sitter i det där ventrilo och spelar Dota.
1: Vi sitter här i väntan och spelar lite Dota. I hear you man. Vi sitter här i väntan och spelar lite Dota. I feel you man we vi do springer we let's get it on. I vi vi I Dota- hello
2: and welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Huck Breeze, and I am joined here once again by Scott Shetty. Scott, we have one week, less than one week, till our draft, till the big one. Okay, this is like one of my favorite times of year. How are you doing? How are you preparing? How are you feeling, Scott?
0: I'm doing great. I'm excited. Um, you know... I feel ready, but at the same time, there's news popping up every second. New headlines, new you know, people making plays, new injuries, new uh, you know, quarterback battles. You know, being lines being drawn. So it's there's a lot of stuff going on. It's very exciting. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend very much.
2: Yeah, I mean there is news pretty much every single day. Um, Some we see every year. Okay, it's like peak July early August news where people say that they're in the best shapes of their lives, or this is the best they've ever been, or they're preparing for a huge year, whether it be fantasy wise or, you know, super bowl bound, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody thinks that they are going to win the big one, uh, whether it be fantasy football managers or, uh, you know, coaches in the NFL or GMs, et cetera, et cetera. So <clears throat> what I want to know is what do you think Right now, what what differentiates as news that you really want to hold on to? Uh, what what's something that that you sift through? I mean, obviously, you're going to see, well, this guy made a great catch, or he threw a b- bunch of interceptions in practice. What's what's a tidbit of news that you really absorb during during this time? I mean, a lot of injuries right now. A lot of injuries right now. They're they're
0: just getting yeah. pads on, and you know, just little things like. Uh, like for instance Dallas says oh Dak's arm will be fine he just was a little sore throwing the ball the day and it's like okay but how many times realistically do you want Dak to throw the ball throughout the season if you're assuming he's going to be a top five quarterback this year which a lot of people are and like within like one day of throwing the ball he's like oh man this is too much for me mm-hmm. like whether it's a small thing or or not like him having trouble throwing the ball, that's, I mean, if it was anything else, if it was like a running back saying, oh man, running the ball is way too much work for me, you would be concerned. Like I, that, yeah. those little things to me, like I, I might be absor- absorbing that more than other people. But to me, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I need my quarterback to be able to throw the ball.
2: Right. But And, and there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, injury news and we don't like to see injury news from somebody that ended uh, last year with, uh, a really devastating injury, and there's some <clears throat> players that you look at, whether it be quarterback, wide receiver, running back, who just they just don't get injured. Okay, we're talking about like Aaron Rodgers and and Tom Brady. I know he played with uh, a hurt knee, uh, maybe a meniscus tear last I, I, year yeah, throughout the year. Last year, yeah, right. And uh, you know these people, they just don't get injured, and if they do, they play through it or whatever. Um, you remember Brett Favre back in the day and Mr. Iron Man just playing through everything, whether it be a broken thumb or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I guess injuries this time of year, if they pop up, it kind of makes red flags pop up with them on, on different kind of players. How about the COVID protocols? Uh, let's discuss this. This is a bigger picture thing because obviously the rules state this year that if you were not vaccinated uh and and you catch covid you are out for an extended period of time I, I believe two weeks fourteen days to be quarantined while if you are vaccinated and you catch covid uh you are only out for i think two to three days yeah with, okay. with so, negative tests of course but right with the negative tests yeah. you have to you have to you have to lose covid you know yeah. no matter what to get back on the roster get back into playing mode but uh this obviously encourages players. Oh, there's no rescheduling. Um, I, I don't know what would happen if an entire team got vaccinated and like ten or fifteen players got COVID, like COVID outbreak. I don't know if they were rescheduled then. Uh, I, I like on a Saturday. I, I don't know. No, they, we, said
0: they said they're not rescheduling any games. They'll they'll be docked paychecks, and whoever's fault it is will end up with other with more like. Consequ- consequences as well.
2: Right. And I know that sucks. I mean, you so. did everything that the, everybody told you, except for, you know, I don't know, somehow you got COVID, even though you're vaccinated, uh, you still could be penalized a, a game check and, and more importantly, take a loss um, in a season or, you know, in an NFL season where every game means a lot. So, uh, you know, the NFL is pretty much throwing down the gauntlet here and saying, you're we pretty much need you to get vaccinated uh, for the upcoming year. What? How do you view that? Is that something that you agree with, disagree with? I mean, as the NFL owners, I mean, it's
0: exactly what they should do for not only for people's safety, but if they want to have more fans at the game than there were last year, more, uh, you know, less, trouble having games played on time due to COVID outbreaks or having to penalize teams this year. Like they're, uh, they say they're going to, uh, it's, I mean, as a fit from fantasy point, it's, if I know a player that I'm looking at, you know, in the first couple rounds, whether he's vaccinated or not, that's a huge detriment to him because if he's not vaccinated, then he's going to possibly sit out 10 days and he's already more susceptible to getting COVID. So and So he could possibly miss two games like that's that's a huge thing to be like susceptible to that sort of you, you know, you'd have to look at it as like an injury uh, in past years that he's basically going to miss time at any point. So those kind of things really uh, kind of, you know, weigh on my mind going into the draft this weekend, uh, looking at, you know who's vaccinated and who's not, regardless of how it, your personal feelings are, are on it as a fantasy football manager, you have to look at it as, as a downgraded of players and vaccinated.
2: Yeah. And unfortunately there's not like a dedicated list to people who haven't been vaccinated. A lot of people, um, you know, plead the fifth on that. They don't come out and specifically, you know, explicitly say I'm not getting vaccinated. just not going to happen unless your name's Cole Beasley uh, or Adam Shaheen, I believe. Uh, Has also said that he is not going to get vaccinated at all. Um, There's been some O lines been here and there, but uh, there's people like Lamar Jackson, who has caught COVID in the preseason, who is in so many words on uh, social media said that he doesn't trust the vaccine. Uh, When asked about it, when the Ravens were asked about it, they uh, pleaded the fist. They said, I have, I'm not going to comment on whether Lamar Jackson is vaccinated or not, which usually means he's not. Um, but, I mean, let's just – Lamar Jackson, we're, this guy's going to be a top five pick, uh, You know, top ten at the worst in a in a super flex league like I'm, – I'm sorry, a 2QB league like ours. Uh, would this affect the way you look at Lamar Jackson in the first round? 100%.
0: A hundred percent, especially the value of my first round pick, you know, maybe in like one of the, in a one quarterback league, you know, uh, regulars format, you know, you're wasting some, you know, late round pick. It doesn't matter. But in our league where it's a first round pick, yeah. He he drops out of the first round for me
1: yeah. and,
0: and someone might get a bargain on him and, you know, good luck to you and all, but uh, that for me, you know, being in the lottery right now, you know, having anywhere in top six pick, that's,
2: he, he's immediately off my board. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, I can totally understand that. It's something that uh, I'm not in the lottery. And if I was, uh, that would definitely be something I'm looking at because your first six pick or your first pick, whether, no matter what league you're in is very important. I mean, it really dictates how your year's going to go. Uh, very few times does a team that wins have a dud of a first pick, a leader, um, that main point getter. So um, regardless of what how you feel about COVID, whether you think it's real, whether you think it's fake, whether you think the government is overplaying it, underplaying it, whatever, it doesn't really matter. The NFL has come out and really laid down the law and said that these players need to get vaccinated again. Whether you agree with that or not, that's uh, not an issue. But the issue is now. Uh, Are your fantasy players going to play uh, every game for the rest of the season? So uh, looking at this, from my point of view, um, we have the numbers for individual players are not out. I I don't I've looked for them. There's other people who have volunteered uh, whether they've been vaccinated or not in, in certain instances. But there's not a dedicated list like I talked about before of people who are vaccinated and not vaccinated, but there are numbers of teams uh, four teams percentage wise of players who have been vaccinated per team. Uh, I believe the lowest right now, or one of the lowest is the uh, Washington football team. Uh, Coach Rivera has come out and expressed his frustration about that and about uh, players not getting vaccinated if you're a coach we're going into the preseason there's going to be some people who are cut uh there's probably going to be some high profile names who are cut maybe people that you wouldn't expect um do you think that these players should be cut if they do not comply with the covid rules set out by the nfl
0: well, the Vikings already fired a staff member for it, so I don't see how why it would be any differently. Uh, you're essentially bringing on a, uh, you know, a threat to a COVID to your whole team, like just like the Vikings saw with their whole Viking with their whole quarterback room when one person got it and the rest of their the rest of them in there uh, were not sure if they're vaccinated yet, but basically we're. Counting the days to see how long they're out, which will give oh, us. Oh yeah, a,
2: have, an idea. happened last year with last yeah. year with Denver. I mean, if you remember that yeah. whole Drew Locke situation, Blake Bortles came on to uh, to play, and it just seemed like uh, all of them got COVID, and they had started but, right wide receiver at quarterback. It happens. You're in close so, contact,
0: so you have to think about it. as like, well, is this guy worth it to stay stay on my team? To if he's publicly denouncing it, because not the the problem isn't only that. He's publicly denouncing it, and he's, you know, could possibly spread it to everybody else. He's also spreading misinformation and a bad morale for the rest of the team, which is a bad thing to have. And essentially, at the end of the day, he's not a team player. So, mm-hmm. honest, you know, you better be really good if I'm going to put up with all those things. And right. at the end of the day, you know what? Fuck you. Got off my team.
2: So, yeah. no. You know? Yeah. No, and... I can't say I uh, agree or disagree. I will say that uh, the definition of team player uh, is that you will do anything for your team to win. And that includes getting poked, uh, especially during a global pandemic. uh, When, you know, I I thought prior to this, this Delta variant, that it was pretty universal of people getting the vaccine. And now it just seems like people are coming out of the woodwork to say, you know what, I'm second thinking this vaccine thing. And uh, the pe- more people are getting it even after the vaccine has been widespread. So does it even work? Um, obviously, these people aren't dying who would get the vaccine. It's less than one percent of people who have died uh, since the vaccine has come out, have been uh, vaccinated. And most of those who have died that have been vaccinated had pre-existing conditions and were very, very old. Um, Those are not uh, opinionated. That is stone cold facts. So um, the vaccine does work. It just, you know, if you want to get it, you don't. It's your own decision. I support that decision. Uh, But I also support the right for these workplaces, no matter if it's football or not, to come and say, You can't work for us unless you have the shot. But anyway, uh, hopefully that whole situation, the whole global pandemic thing that's been going on for God knows how long uh, won't affect the way uh, we play fantasy football this year. At least it may a little, but uh, hopefully not a ton. Uh, Let's talk about some news that's, that's come up that will definitely affect the way we draft, the way we play fantasy football. Let's talk about the Colts. Um, you know, with they lost Carson Wentz, his little foot. Uh, I know that we've talked about Carson Wentz in the past couple uh, episodes, especially the QB episode, and I expressed extreme disdain for for him and the fact that he would probably go in the third or fourth round of two QB leagues now is Carson Wentz draftable to you and if he is not uh where do you take somebody like Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason? uh you know yeah
0: I Carson is still draftable but you know it's all about at what point at what position you know I think he obviously drops way off the board and you know taking Jacob Eason, which they're saying they're going to kind of go with right now and but you know, there's a whole preseason and train a training camp to go through for them to figure out that necessarily. It looks like Jacob Eason right now, but you never know. You know, they're they're going to kind of see a lot a lot from both of them. And the thing with Carson is, I mean, I, I literally uh, Vrabels uh, said it best at his uh, press conference, was you know, I like their chances of being uh, right five to twelve weeks. That's that is yeah. very laughable. That is ridiculous. I mean, but I get it. It's a foot, and foots are very complicated, and it was, you know, probably causing him a lot of pain. But the thing is, is you know, when Carson Wentz was really good during his MVP season, he was a pretty mobile guy. You, I mean, he was not a pocket passer. He he ran all around and took chances, and that's part of why he got hurt right before uh, before they won the Super Bowl. And Nick Foles came in to take his job, and you know, most of his ego, and uh, you know everything else with it, but, and now, I mean, I can't, you know, he must be just turning off all the TVs at his home and hearing, the, you know, every TV show saying, oh they might trade for Nick Foles. They might trade for Nick Foles. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy because I was kind of excited for Car- Carson Wentz. I wanted him to have a good season and, you know, I hope it's closer to five weeks, but at the same time, you know, I don't want them to rush it back and I don't want him to rush it back too because then there's just no point. And then he's, you know, if this doesn't work out, he's pretty much done
2: career backup if he's lucky. Right. I uh, took a huge dump on Carson Wentz for the past few weeks uh, because of Carson Wentz's talent and the way he plays. And I just don't think it's very uh, conducive to being an NFL quarterback. The tiny glimmer of what... Carson Wentz had as a Colts quarterback uh, probably was based on his O-line. They have a top five O-line coming in this year, which makes people like Jonathan Taylor uh, very attractive. Well, Quentin Nelson, who in the NFL top 100, uh, was the highest-ranked offensive uh, guard, offensive lineman overall. I think he was ranked number four overall in, in top players. Um, is Has an identical injury to Carson Wentz and is out five to 12 weeks, which is, obviously, like you said, a huge window. Uh, that does not bode well for Carson Wentz or any quarterback that's going to play for this team. Uh, but if it's going to be a quarterback, I believe it has to be. Jacob Eason. And let me tell you why. Uh, Jacob Eason was taken in the fourth round last year. They had confidence in him. Obviously, when Carson Wentz was made available, uh, as, as well as other quarterbacks, they pounced on that situation and brought Carson Wentz in. Uh, if it, it, there, before Carson Wentz was signed, I had uh, a little bit of hope that Jacob Eason would get a chance to play. Uh, I expressed that in podcast late last year uh, that that I would hope that J.K. Denson would get a chance. I like to see people um, who are drafted in the third, fourth, fifth round get that chance, especially if they if they've one team. However, um, if you are not a if a uh, franchise is not willing to give you a chance. Uh, you know, you are drafted in the fourth round the year Philip Rivers comes in, Philip Rivers retires, and the first thing they do is go out to the free agent market and not even give you a glimpse, uh, that's not, uh, it's not a good sign for how they feel about you. Um, it doesn't mean that, that Jacob Beeson's bad. Uh, from all the reports I've, I've seen, he has a big arm. Uh, sometimes he, he struggles with decision-making, uh, and on the short routes, but uh, he can definitely bomb it out. And for people like T.Y. Hilton, who may have lost Steph, uh, you know, maybe that, that and Michael Pittman, who's a big receiver, maybe that proves to be something that's that's advantageous to them. Um, uh, we'll just have to see. But I think in our draft, if you're looking at somebody like Sam Ellinger uh, to take a flyer, you can certainly do that in the 13, 14th, 15th round. Um, if you're looking at Jacob Beeson, I would look in the 8, 9, 10 uh, round, which is, is kind of crazy because I, I can't think of a draft um, in, our, in the Gridiron's history in the last 18, 19 years where we've taken a Colts quarterback past maybe the fifth round. Uh, so, so it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's definitely a different play, and um, it affects people like, like I said, Pittman and, and T.Y. Hilton and Jonathan Taylor to a certain extent, all these people need to be moved down a little bit. Uh, whether you, you know, take my uh, advice or not. I think the Carson Wentz, uh, you know, being taken out isn't as extreme as the Quentin Nelson loss. I think that he is a huge anchor in that line. And the fact that they're missing him, uh, is just, it, it sucks. It's, it's not good. um, Okay. Aaron Rodgers is back. We, I think we talked about that last week. Um, that's good news for them. Uh, let's see. Other player news that that has, has come up in the, in the uh, last few weeks. Um, possibly
0: Deshaun Watson is, you know, faking an injury or possibly has a foot injury, but he, I mean, for whatever reason they had him on the field for no reason these past couple of days of, on training camp, but he's just there to not be fined. So I'm assuming, you know, they're saying hopefully there's a trade coming soon. I would, I would like to see a trade just to get this, get it moving along, get something interesting. Hopefully, Texans can get a big uh, load of picks going their
2: way. Yeah. And, and I, it's kind of avoiding talking about this because it does frustrate me so much as the Texans, it is uh, how they're, they're playing are. this. You, and, yeah. And, I I I think that the Texans are ready to move on. They said they're ready to move on. It's like he showed up to camp. They're ready to move on, but playing him at safety and doing this whole—they're trying to make a show out of it. And he—I think the coach is is trying to, and the uh, front office is trying to say we're above the whole Deshaun Watson situation. Unfortunately, we aren't above the Deshaun Watson situation. That is like the news of the Texans that's the future of the Texans all in one shell so you can talk about Tyrod Taylor and you can talk about uh Nico Collins new receiver and all this sort of stuff that we've mixed and matched to create this team who will undoubtedly get last in the AFC South this year uh but
0: well, not, not necessarily i mean you know Colts might be in shambles you never know how a rookie quarterback does with the Jaguars i mean the Titan, and then you just got the Titans Um, I mean, yeah they're really good but you know, you never know, so it's it, it, it could happen, and you gotta you gotta look for picks. I mean, today Philadelphia cleared fourteen million dollars in cap space. You know, I would I would love to see a big trade to Philadelphia. They have a bunch of picks, and they're terrible at using picks. So just trade for Deshaun. You know that that would be a lot more exciting. Um yeah. But it's a lot better news than say the Giants' quarterback news, where Daniel Jones got into a fist fight today and was at the bottom of the pile. Like,
2: yeah, I don't I don't know if that was Daniel Jones uh oriented. I don't think he was like part of the uh, you know, I'm guessing they made fun of that
0: run and tumble last year or something. You know, it's it's something's gotta (laughs) be there with confidence as you in your quarterback as the leader after that. But you know, it's uh it it could be an issue. So I'm glad he's fighting back
2: though. From what I read, it was Evan Ingram. Uh, was going over the middle and the defensive player uh, went helmet to helmet on him. We've seen coaches already, and that just started a fight between the options and defense. We've seen coaches already um, try to crack down on this. Uh, we saw the Carolina Panthers. Um, they had uh, Kirkwood, a receiver, competing for them, go to the hospital, actually, uh, after being hit uh, incorrectly, and they cut the player who who made the hit uh so you know the the preseason is is uh definitely no place it, it, freak injuries happen all over the place but the preseason is no no place to fuck around and and send people to the hospital that's definitely not something that you want and uh if that happens <laughs> i mean you could see your ass uh on the street by the end of the day so so i don't i don't blame them i don't blame joe judge for going after his team apparently he tore him a new one and made him run all over the field, treat him like high school uh, football team, which is probably a good thing because uh, from what I've seen from the Giants in the past few years, uh, they've been anything but extraordinary and they need to uh, get shaped up in any way they can. Okay, so let's talk QB battles, okay? there's I I think that there's four main QB battles uh, going on in the NFL right now. Everybody else... As, uh, well, we could add the Colts one that we just talked about uh, in there. Uh, that's that's happened in the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, but we'll start with the Broncos QB battle. So you got uh, Teddy Bridgewater against Drew Locke. Uh, who do you think wins and why?
0: I mean, reports so far are still saying that it's pretty uh, even game. I think you know it's really going to be the preseason that is going to tell all. And just keep you know re- reading reports and training camp. Drew Lock's play last year was very erratic, uh, but he did have some good moments. I just feel like there's more upside with Drew Lock because with Teddy Bridgewater, you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get eight, eight, and eight basically. I, I feel like he, and let, I, I just don't feel like Teddy Bridgewater has the talent to take you to another level. Whereas if Drew Lock just gets rid of some bad decisions he make he makes he could be a next level quarterback and a lot of elite quarterbacks have had bad rookie seasons so i think the front office and the head coaches are, are rooting for drew lock to win the job but teddy bridgewater is there to make sure they're not a laughing stock
2: oh I, I think you're you're 100 correct i think drew lock has already won it uh you know he's the incumbent from last year Knows the offense, knows the players, has the support of the players or most of the players. Uh, he is very erratic when it comes to, uh, you know, gameplay. You don't know which Drew Lock you're going to get. I remember being in person and him tearing the Texans a new one. I, I, we had a pretty good defense. We were on a, a good roll that year. I think it was uh, two years back. And he just came out and just rolled us, I think, through three touchdowns in the first half uh, and, and just destroyed us. But then you see the Drew Locke of, of last year, where they can't uh, get the ball in field goal range, and they're just awful. Um, it's a, I, I think with Teddy Bridgewater, you're right. You bring in somebody who has a, a definite floor, uh, especially in fantasy. I mean, you're not usually you don't get below ten points with Teddy Bridgewater, but you're not going to clear fifteen. That's just what you're going to get. Um, I, I I think that you know with that safety, then you also depend on your defense to come out and kind of win you football games Uh, like they did with the Panthers last year. The Panthers weren't that bad. Uh, I think I've said that before. Teddy Bridgewater in a different world where Sam Darnold wasn't a, uh, you know, wasn't available and there, there was a lot of QBs that that became available this off season. Uh, If Sam Darnold wasn't available, then Teddy might have a shot at least to compete for that job there in Carolina. So in no way do I think Teddy Bridgewater is a bad quarterback. But as far as upside, as far as winning football games on their own, Drew Locke has the ability to do that. He's shown us in the past. Do I think he's a good fantasy quarterback? No, I don't at all. I have him way far down in my rankings. Um, I love the weapons around Portland, Sutton, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy. I think he's set up. To be successful, even their their Javante Williams, the the new rookie running back, I think he's absolutely set. Up. Their O line is is decent enough that he's set up to like push a playoff run. Um, it's if he can't do it, and we do see Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think the Broncos suffer offensively. Uh, you just might not see as many points from people like Judy Fant Sutton. So uh, yeah. I I think we see Drew Locke, but again, I I think we see both these quarterbacks in some capacity this year, which makes them both dangerous uh, fantasy options. Let's talk about the 49ers QB QB battle. Um, We've got uh, Trey Lance, the number three overall pick in this year's draft, versus Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Who do you think wins and why?
0: I guess it just depends if you believe their quarterbacks head coach Kyle Shanahan saying that it's Jimmy G's job when every day you just hear reports about, oh, wow, Trey Lance made this amazing play. And it's like, uh, you know, like, and with Jimmy G's, like, uh, history of of, uh, injuries, Trey Lance just gives you so much more upside with, uh, you know, a run game – with possible run game, too. I just – I feel like at some point Kyle Shanahan's going to go to Trey Lance a lot sooner than he originally intended to. And that's why like, say for like drafting purposes, it makes them both dangerous. I feel like with, as, even with the Broncos, if you're going to take one, you kind of have to take the other as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's because at this point, there's not really any way of knowing. So you it's one of those situations where you in a, in our, you know, two QB, the 14 team league, you have to take your handcuff because at any given week it it could be the one or the other due to injury or uh, the court the head coach is kind of changing his mind because I, I, if you remember during the draft, everybody said, Oh, including Kyle Shanahan. Oh, we, we moved up to get Mac Jones. And then what Mm -hmm. happened? He got freaking swayed by uh, Trey Lance. So, I mean, I just, You know, you can't really take his word at face value. You got to take it with a grain of salt that he might just get a hard on for Trey Lance any given day.
2: Sure, absolutely. And but from a fantasy perspective, and I and I think that you may be right and you may be talking about that week 4, week 5. But we saw this with Justin Herbert last year. Tyrod Taylor got the start week 1 and we all rolled our eyes and said, "Oh my gosh, they just took Herbert, you know, sixth overall. What are they doing? Why aren't we seeing Justin Herbert?" And we saw Tyrod Taylor Come out and play decent the first few weeks. The only thing that kept Tyrod off the field was a mystery lung poking by by a, a trained staff member. So when coaches come out and say that it's this person's job to lose, uh, I believe them. I absolutely think Jimmy G is going to start week one. He's going to come out and be the quarterback starting week one. Um, And you may be right, and, and he could be uh, passed over for Trey Lance week three, week four. From a fantasy perspective, I mean, where do you put these guys on the scale of 32? Where do you say, okay, I'm drafting Jimmy G. I know he, unless he, you know, wins out, he's probably not going to play the whole year. I'm drafting Trey Lance, uh, building my lineup for week one, knowing that it, he might not play week one or week two or week three. You have no idea. It's a mystery. I mean, when I drafted Herbert last year, he was my third quarterback. I had the luxury of you know, playing him when I wanted, waiting for him to come along. Uh, that was the sixth or seventh round, I believe, last year. Where do you take somebody like Jimmy G and Trey Lance?
0: Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say because I think it, for a lot of people that will be drafting later, they might have a better grasp on where this quarterback battle is in a couple of weeks before the regular season even starts. So, right. but for us going, going into it this weekend, I just feel like Trey Lance is so much more upside. Uh, and Jimmy G, yes, he is the starter for at least the first few weeks. You you have to you have to get the the hand, handcuff of uh, Trey Lance probably no long, no later than two or three rounds after you take Jimmy G, which because of his because of this situation, basically, which they're both in a good offense, they're both in you know uh, are set up to make uh, to get a lot of points. Whoever get, uh, can, can secure the job. They draft. They drop to at least bottom fifteen quarterbacks, or I mean, bottom eight, uh, sixteen quarterbacks for me. So yeah. maybe QB eighteen to twenty. Yeah, because they do have yeah. upside. It's just that you need to. You're talking about two spaces on your roster, then. Mm. Uh,
2: yeah, you got to pick up the right one, and yes, you have to draft them both, uh, or just play the guessing game. And playing the guessing game uh, and guessing wrong. Will sometimes leave you with less talent because you got to go out there and find a quarterback, probably not the one you wanted. So, all right, uh, let's do some, one that's similar Bears quarterback battle. Uh, Andy Dalton, who is scheduled to start week one, um, they've said that there's no way he doesn't, but they went and drafted Justin Fields with the 10th overall pick. Who do you think wins this one?
0: Uh, you know, I. The Matt, Matt Nagy, Nagy keeps saying it's it's Andy Dalton's, and uh, you know Justin Fields. I think just getting a bigger and bigger chip on his shoulder for it, which will probably serve them for the better. But you know, just knowing that the front office has so much fire under their ass, you know, to get fired this year that it's just it's inevitable that they're going to put Fields in very soon. So th- this is another one of those situations, kind of like Jimmy G, but. But even worse, because no one expect like Andy Dalton does not have the same pedigree as uh, as Jimmy G does, especially not recently due to his uh, later years. So it's understandable if Nagy had more time on his resume. If they're like, if it was like he just got you know hired and like oh he's not about to get just about get fired, and it's like yes, it is a smart thing to keep him. Uh, to you know bench him and you know everybody saw how Mahomes sat for a year and learned a lot and came in just destroyed you know is destroying the league now so it it makes sense but it's just that you know it's so evident that he's like imminently about to be fired so uh, it's it's hard to take him to really believe him so that's just one of those things where yes you got to take both of them again basically and you know you could take either I wouldn't be you could take either or, and it would be fine. I think uh, first, I would probably I, take the first, but
2: yeah, yeah. I, I agree that that Nagy's kind of on uh, maybe his last leg if, if the Bears do not perform this year. Uh, I, I think they have a lot of the weapons that they need to perform in the past few years, as long as they you know health cooperates. Uh, Allen Robinson has sneakily become one of the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, Darnell Mooney on the other side uh, with Montgomery and Cole Kmet is looking like uh, definitely a top 10 tight end going into the year. Um, I think it's Justin Fields this year because of what kind of what you said in that uh, this team wants to win. They want to win now. And Justin Fields gives them a better chance to do that. It, it's different from the 49ers situation in that, um, you know, the 49ers have been winning. They have been pretty successful in the past, as long as Jimmy G is healthy. They went Super Bowl two years two years ago with uh, with Jimmy G. Uh, and like coaches come out and said uh, Jimmy G at his best is better than any rookie quarterback. In this, Andy Dalton showed up as a bear like three weeks before the draft. They're throwing a pass as a bear. Okay, so they're coming into a new system, both from almost at the same time. I mean, yeah, it is at the same time um, trying to compete. And so, uh, like, who's more talented? Who can put us at a better uh, opportunity to win? I, I think it's Justin Fields. I think he starts right out of the gate. I think he comes out and has a, has a you know, pretty good first few weeks. And I only think we see Andy Dalton uh, if disaster happens or Justin Fields gets injured. Um, not saying that Andy Dalton doesn't deserve to be an NFL quarterback, just saying that uh he just showed up to the Bears. This isn't like somebody who's been playing for the Bears for the last five or six years. Um I, I would
0: hundred percent agree with that. It's just the only thing is their first game is against the L- at the LA Rams. So I don't think they want him to start against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald for his first NFL game. I think they want him to see how rough it is out there for Andy Dalton, be like, wow, okay, he's getting wrecked. And, like, if he has to go in because Andy Dalton's getting wrecked that bad, then at least he has a warning. But, like, you just don't want that to be his first snap of Aaron Donald just ripping his head off. It's not a great way to start your career. So, it's just like, you know what? Andy Dalton's a starter. Andy Dalton's a starter. Andy Dalton just got wrecked by Aaron Donald. Okay, Fields, get in there. You know, like, that's just kind of the, you know, I think the, the next – Forward progress that's going to happen, essentially. If
2: if Justin Fields gives them a better chance to win, you don't concede football games or games in the NFL. You just don't. And if they, he gives them a better chance to win, then... But he's, he's giving gotta, them a better chance to win for the next
0: 10 years if they play this right.
2: You can't just take them out every time you face a hard defense. I mean, you got to get them in there and 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 whatever. You can't dictate the, the schedule by... Who do you think should start okay well but quarterback well, development is
0: a very delicate process i mean you can see they're they're egotistical they're uh they're fragile they're uh there's a lot of things that go into it so you really if i'm just saying like that you you see the jets mess up a quarterback every time they draft one basically and you just wait for it and you know poor zach wilson's just the next lamb to the slaughter basically so it's just one of those things that you know you just kind of you hope they do it right because it's like yeah the guy's really talented it just really depends on where he goes because it's like, oh we went there oh that's yeah that's a shame well he was good in college
2: yeah I mean I I think like five years ago maybe ten years ago you may have been correct that teams really valued uh you know developing these quarterbacks behind some kind of veteran or whatever. But we've seen, like, Kyler Murray and other quarterbacks who have been drafted high come out and start right out of the gate and be pretty successful. Um, teams don't want to mess around. They want to see their, their product right away. I mean, we saw Tua play last year. Tua was supposed to hold a clipboard all, all year. Finally he made should have. Later he probably
0: on. should have. Yeah. He looked terrible. When I saw him play, he looked awful. He looked absolutely oh. awful. Yes. He looked like no, a I, child. He looked like a child playing with men. And it was just like it's like, man, that guy should not be on the field.
2: And and I agree. I'm just saying, like, I, I think that, you know, if it if you're gonna draft somebody that high in this day and age, um, they'll throw them out there. If they get destroyed, um, on to the next one. <laughs> draft another one in two years, three years. Uh, if they suck again. I mean, we've seen this with multiple quarters, we've seen it with Uh, Johnny Manziel, I mean, he was starting pretty much right out of the gate, Uh, you know, so it's, I don't think that the whole idea of let's sit a year or two behind this guy, learn a little bit, you know, like Aaron Rodgers and some other people, uh, it really plays a factor at all. But the
0: quarterbacks
2: that did it, like Aaron Rodgers
0: and Mahomes are amazing. So how can you discredit that?
2: Because uh, uh, some of these teams, patience, change, but... patience
0: is a virtue, man. That's all I'm saying. Is you know, do you want to have try to have a cheap win right now for some eight and eight crap season, or do you want to win a fucking dynasty of Super Bowls in the next ten years? There's a difference. And yes, maybe Aaron Rodgers the... loses every NFC Championship game, but that's a little more on the organization, as he said recently. So it's, it, I, I, I think it's hard to discredit the the success from the organizations that have done it correctly.
2: Okay, but look at the like the luxury that these two teams had of like the Chiefs with Alex Smith when when Mahomes coming up, they made the playoffs the year before. I think they Do you remember watching
0: Alex them? Smith play? He was like it was like watching your grandma play football. It was so bad. It's like, oh here's the next check down. There it is here's the next checkup there it is like it was the worst most boring thing and as soon as they played any team of like good caliber that you couldn't just check down his way down the field they would lose so it was it, he was just but they teams, were good. Like, good enough they were they were like you know 11 and five good enough to get in the playoff but they nobody ever considered them a super bowl contender because they knew you can't check down your way to the, your way to the super bowl yeah. So they went and forgot, they they found an R.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no I, I can partly agree with that. I mean Rodgers back in the day with uh with Brett Favre they were winning. They didn't they got Rodgers because Rodgers was available um but they they were winning. Um so that they could develop Aaron Rodgers in the back. The team's like like uh uh the 49ers have been winning in the past. Maybe they can develop Trey Lance. The Bears And Nagy are pressured to win. And and the Jets are pressured to win. They've been shitty for so long. I mean, these people are looking at these uh, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson as their saviors. Uh, I've seen it through social media. If you ask a Bears fan who their favorite player right now is, it's Justin fucking Fields. Uh, This is the guy that's going to take them back to the playoffs and take them, uh, you know, to the Super Bowl, which they haven't been since good old Rex Grossman. So... Um. So, yeah, I, I think that Justin Fields is is thrown to the fire. I think he's sh- thrown to the fire early and and probably should be a higher draft pick than the people that we've named earlier. Uh, let's talk about our last one. We'll, we'll talk about the Colts a little bit, too. We'll just get you a quick one. But let's talk about the Patriots. Is this even a battle? Do you think that uh, Cam Newton doesn't start? Mac Jones does? Let me know what you think. Uh- I mean, Cam Newton came out on the social media and said he's healthy, so
0: if he's healthy, it's it's his job. And, I mean, he, he can be a pretty viable uh, fantasy quarterback because once they get in the red zone, he's just going to run it himself. So,
2: mm-hmm. But
0: in doing that, you know, you're just wearing down his durability week by week, and it's just slowly getting closer and closer to Mac Jones' time, basically. So, you know, that's just one of those things that, uh, you know – I think Cam Newton's kind of a middle quarterback around 15 ish. And, you know, Mac Jones is a late flyer that you want to take that, you know, you might, you might have to take some space up on your, on your bench for a while, because I don't really see him coming in and unless there's a barring, you know, some big hit, I think durability wise on Cam Newton will wear down to about week seven or so week six. Oh, I
2: absolutely agree with that. I think, Um, Cam Newton doesn't really have the durability to to survive a whole season the way he plays. Um, You know, you see this with a lot of throwing or running quarterbacks is that when they get older, they try to depend on their arm a little bit more. And from what we have seen, Cam Newton's arm has never, ever been his strength or at least hasn't been his strength in the last six, seven years. Um, His strength is definitely goal line. And, uh, you know, short yardage situations. So um, I, I think that they went out and they built a team solely to try to have Cam noon you know, play, build around Cam noon Having those two solid tight ends, having some speed on the outside with Aguilar, uh, and they have Jacoby Myers on the other side, uh, gives them a lot of short yardage play a lot of dink and dunk down the field. Uh, And I think that plays into Cam Newton's hands to say that if Cam Newton can't move the ball down the field, like we saw last year, um, again, it's peak July it's peak uh, is, you know, August of people saying I'm the healthiest I've ever been. And, and now I'm really going to do it. Uh, So, you know, take whatever Cam Newton says with a grain of salt, but uh, you know, I, I think it's Cam Newton to start out with. Cam Newton has to fail, and then we'll see Mac Jones. Do I think Cam Newton will fail? Yeah, I, I, I don't think Cam Newton's going to uh, blow people out of the water like he did weeks one through four last year and really surprise people. I think he'll come in and be a, a decent quarterback, uh, but the Patriots won't be a, a winning team. If the Patriots aren't a winning team, they might uh, choose to see what they have in Mac Jones. Uh, just to dictate their future. So um, you, you might have to wait a little bit longer on Mac Jones, which I don't think he's uh, one of those higher rookie draft picks like we talked about Fields. Uh, and, you know, we talked about Trevor Lawrence. But uh, I, I really honestly think he's worth a flyer in the later rounds. And, and Cam Newton is just one of those guys where I think he's one of my bottom five QBs ranked. Somebody you just do not want to touch. Uh, because you just never know when he's going to get you less than 10 points. Very volatile at quarterback. If he doesn't score on the goal line, hawking uh, uh, rushing touchdowns from the New England running backs, then he's just not that much of a use at at QB. Uh, All right, real quick, Colts, Ellinger or Eason, what do
0: you got? Eason, like I mean, like you're saying, they they drafted him last year. I think they want to see him succeed, and uh, as well. And this is a good chance for him to have a like a really good audition to see to showcase his talent. So I think for right now, it's Jacob Eason. And let barring anything crazy happening in the training
2: camp or preseason. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think it's Eason. Uh, if it's if it's not Eason, then um, the Colts just hate Eason. He just, they drafted him, they brought him to camp, and he just sucks and can't throw football. I don't know. I, I really don't know why they wouldn't. Uh, I, I watched tape on him, and he, he's a decent player. Um, like I said, he has a big arm and can move the ball down, down the field. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that he should definitely start. Uh, and if he doesn't, I don't see much in Ellinger. <laughs> I didn't see much of him at Texas. Uh, as being a NFL quarterback, I was actually a little surprised that they drafted. I think it was six or it was sixth or seventh round that the Colts took him this year. That they went ahead and took a quarterback after getting Wentz and drafting Easton last year. Uh, but you know, if if I won't count it out, won't count out Ellinger for sure. It, you never uh, know. You never know. You never know. Okay, let's talk about fantasy football. I mean, it, we talk about um, all these position battles. Be, quarterback being the most, uh, you know, important. But as far as like draft pick trades, this has come kind of a phenomenon in our league over the past uh, four or five years. Teams saying, uh, "I'm not in the lottery. I'd like to be in the lottery," or "I am in the lottery. I'd like to move out of the lottery," which is obviously a little bit more rare. Um, or people just saying. I want to have as many picks before the fourth round as possible. So get me out of the first round. How do you look at this? Is this something that you want to stop? Is this something you like to keep going? Um, it's, do you feel like this is fun for the league? A lot of the teams that have won in the past, not last year, I'm not saying all of them, um, but have made some of these preseason trades. So, so what's, your, what's your take on this? I think it's great for
0: the league. I think any kind of uh, interaction, involvement, and trading, and uh, you know, more conversations ha- happening is always good for the league. And uh, I mean, I, I've you know, I, I would even take it a step further because I know a lot of leagues do multi-year draft trades. You know, trading my next year's first round picks for your first round picks this year and stuff. But that could be a little you know different just because I mean, then yeah, you're I mean. Well, yes, this year somebody might have an extreme advantage, you know, that's they wouldn't have it that the next year unless they made more trades. But it's that's where it's I think that's where it's getting into a little bit more of a greater gray area because that's more for like dynasty league issues. But for what we're doing in single year draft trades, I think it's all fair game. So, uh, you know, I, I encourage it, you know, whether you want to be having more picks in the first round or more picks between uh, the se- the second and fourth, uh, you know, it just depends on whether, you know, you want to put all your eggs in a couple of baskets or try to spread them out with a lot of really good research. You think you've done that in some players that have a ton of up- upside and could end up being uh, first, first and second round material. So uh, it just depends on your, your draft strategy this year. It's, uh, and then really what the outcome is with your picks, you know, don't, don't be swayed by the reactions at the draft. You know, we have a live draft. It's very, uh, gets a little wild and then emotions, uh, get, get high, you know, it's so don't get swayed by the, uh, by the woos of the, of the crowd there, you know, stay focused on your draft plan because if you, you know, made some trades and then you mess up some of those picks, it can be very detrimental to your year. So all I'm saying is don't yeah. fuck it up.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely can, can agree with this. So, from our league standpoint, and I think people have started to realize this uh, a little bit. If you are not it, the people who have won championships, including last year, the year before that, the year before that, I mean, we're going back uh, probably four, five, six, seven years. Uh, the team that wins is in the lottery. I mean, i I can't remember if max was a couple of years ago uh but most of the teams that win the championship are in the lottery and that in that twenty seventeen year was very odd as far as all the uh points across the league were down uh but most of the time the winner of the league has one of those stud quarterbacks, and while that is uh, that's great that you have the Mahomes or the Russell Wilson or the Aaron Rodgers or whatever. Uh, it's not so much that you have that player and they're getting you points, but it's that every other team in the league feeds into it. I think people are catching wind of this. I don't know if they surely are or 100% are, but I think they're catching wind of this, and they're saying maybe we need to do something different to beat these big quarterbacks. And this is in any league, whether you have quarterbacks as your uh, your biggest priority or running backs or receivers. If the first pick in the draft is Christian McCaffrey, and you're trying to beat Christian McCaffrey with your 14th pick in the draft, which could be I don't know Josh Jacobs or some shit, I don't know uh, because I, I don't we don't play with running backs as the premier. Uh, it, could position or, it could be Travis be PPR league or. Travis Kelsey, or you know, no, 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 no. but you have to have no, to but it seriously could be a 14 team league PPR single quarterback.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of sure. garbage you're drafting,
2: right? But what I'm saying is, if you're trying to play against, there's a line from Moneyball that says, if we're going to try to play like the Yankees out there, you know, if we're if you're trying to play like the, the big teams that have top picks and you're drafting identical to their positional draft. You're going to lose. It's happened every year. And people are catching wind of this and saying either A, I need to get the lottery or B, I need to change my mindset on how this works, how this, how drafting works. Um, And so I think that with draft trades, you can mold your strategy a little bit more. I am not against saying wherever you got last year, that's what you get. If you got first, if you're going in the draft with first pick, you got first pick in the first, last pick in the second, first pick in the third, and so on, and you can't move. I'm not against that. It's what we earned last year. You're not finagling the year prior or you know, prior to the year, prior to the draft. I also I'm right in the middle here because I also, on the other hand, see people saying, you know, the way I play fantasy football, and this is directly at like something coming from me. The way I play fancy football is not uh conducive to the tenth pick. I don't play fantasy football that way. I I've had so much struggle this year. With the 10th pick and where I am, not because I'm not getting him a Holmes or a a Lamar Jackson or, you know, whoever, or a Josh Allen. But just because I haven't been here with the 10th pick, I've been in 14, I've been 13, I've been, you know, all these different uh, late rounds, but I haven't been right here at 10, right there and kind of like the middle towards the end. And so I'm struggling. I don't know what to do with it. And uh, I I trade around to be more conducive to the way I play fantasy football and to uh, be more conducive to how I feel about these certain players. Um, If you told me that I had 10th and fifth and 2nd and that's just how it is, okay, that's what I earned last year. I get it. it. For you, Scott, is there something special about this year that makes you like want to trade or not trade? I mean, you're in the lottery. Is is there something about 2021 that uh, that makes you want to move around?
0: Uh, I, I think trading is always very exciting. You know, I like doing trading uh, in person personally, But uh, and I think part of having a live draft is exciting about that. You know, we got a day uh, or two before the draft when some people will be gathering there that we can talk about trades. I think that's a little more exciting time to do it. But a lot of people have been trading and I completely agree with what you're talking about with, you know, if you're going to try to compete with people in the lottery that you gotta, you gotta uh, shake things up. You you gotta do something Mm -hmm. different. You can't just sit back and, and, you know, unless every single one of your picks just has a Josh Allen, like leap, you know, of progress in their production, which is just, you know, really not something you can bet on. So it's, it, you, I, I agree with that having to trade and shake things up. Uh, personally, I'm I'm in the lottery, so uh, I've been a little more hesitant to do draft trades. Um, but for, I mean, for me, I mean that's honestly, uh, you know that that that's just something that I think most people need to get a grasp of, like you were saying that if uh, either find a way to get in the lottery or compete with the lottery in some way.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and people have said. Uh, you know, I've heard from people that that you don't need the lottery to, to win. You don't need these big quarterbacks. Fair enough. Uh, just know that, yeah, it's easier. It's a lot easier. Just know by simple math, uh, if we all select quarterbacks in the first round, um, in the second round, um, they're all going to select running backs. And they're all going to be there for the person that has Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, you have to mix it up. Otherwise, you're just going in order and selecting people. They'll have the best running backs, the best receivers, the best tight ends. Uh, it's inevitable that you will probably um, end up end up losing. So um, definitely something to think about as, as you go into the draft. Definitely something to, uh, you know, consider that – you, you can't just take quarterbacks or play the quarterback game all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and, and move on here in these draft trades. So we've seen a few draft trades. Do you think anybody has won or do you think anybody has explicitly lost um if you need a review on him i can I can let you no, know. no I mean i don't I don't need a review. I know uh,
0: specifically most people have either moved their way into having uh, multiple first round picks or having a bevy of picks between the second and fourth round basically uh, it's I mean I think there's no way of knowing until the picks are made and then uh, good you know five or six weeks into the season see where we're at you know
2: I think that's that's t- only time will tell. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, be a little bit more uh, honest. I think chase who has kind of liquidated his second, third and fourth pick. um, Not nearly enough at trading for another lottery pick and having two lottery picks is insanely good. I think this is the first time in the history of the gridiron that we've had somebody with two lottery picks. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I really honestly think that, and with two lottery picks, you we played two quarterback league, you're getting two of the top six quarterbacks. Uh, I think percentage-wise, he's going to have two of the top four quarterbacks, most likely. That's going to be tough to beat. Um, we look at the draft as uh, if you're drafting in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th round, those players are not very good, but if you have a pick in the fifth or sixth, you're getting like pretty good receivers and pretty good running backs. Not the best, obviously pretty good receivers, pretty good running backs, you know, decent tight ends. Um, he still has the seventh, eighth, ninth to, to compete with defense. Uh, what you're doing is you're trading those players that you were going to select at receiver or running back or, you know, the, the star tight ends. And you're giving him up for one of the best players in the league. That is a mistake for whoever did that. And that was Trevor, I think, you know, for the most part. Um, trading as a the lottery to get, you know, and when you start in the lottery, you have a pretty good draft capital. You start out with better draft capital than, some, say, somebody like me, who's 10th pick, um, or, or the end of the draft. And so you can spend it. Yeah, uh, a lot more. You can get a lot more for your first pick, and Trevor did. I mean, he has two twos, two threes, and two fours. He will have six players uh, by the fourth round, which is never. You know, that's not bad. Uh, I'm just saying that when it's all said and done, and we look at it at the end, uh, unless he just absolutely steals a lot of people in those picks and two in the second, third, and fourth, uh, it's not going to be. Not going to be even there. Uh, I, I believe that Chase's team has already had a head start here going into the draft. It's it's his uh, season to lose. Um, not saying that he's going to succeed. Let's just say it's his draft to lose, not his season to lose. His draft to lose. Um, he can certainly screw it up in rounds five through ten and beyond. So so we'll just have to see. Um, all right. Well, let's. Let's uh, move on to a, a little subject I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Fantasy pet peeves. Scott, what bothers you most about fantasy football? You know, what other teams do, uh, mannerisms. Uh, what what really irks you?
0: Uh, honestly, inactivity.
2: <laughs> you know, okay. like... I'm-
0: not re- even responding to trade offers or counters or, uh, you, know, you know, what my really grinds my gears actually is being offended by trade offers. I'm never trying okay. to offend yeah. anybody by a trade offer. I'm trying to open negotiations. If you were to say, walk by a really nice car you like, and it just says for sale, and it says guess the price. Would you mm-hmm. guess the most expensive price, your first guess? If you were going to buy it, would you would your first guess be like a million dollars and you had to pay a million (laughs) dollars? You probably wouldn't. You would probably start low and maybe try to open up a little negotiation and, and, you know, and and some uh, some communication and then, you know, work your way to a deal. Uh, You know, because I think everybody kind of starts at one point or another, you know, at at polar opposites of what they would like to pay for certain players on a certain on a person's team in in a dream world, but then you meet somewhere in the middle in reality.
2: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. It takes two seconds to um, decline a trade. It takes like literally a, a little microcosm of your finger to decline. Uh, if somebody's spamming you, you can always just leave it there, and it just, whatever, they can max out at five trades, at least on Yahoo. Uh, you can just leave it there. It can't won't move. And if some for some reason the other player that they're trading uh, or the player on your team gets hurt, you can always just accept and then they'll be in a world of shit. That is a, a definite good pet peeve because that bugs me as well. Inactivity really gets me um, you know, I, I'm, I, I hate when people, uh, you know, don't set their lineup or, or whatever. Um, one of the things that really gets me and maybe because I, I'm so passionate about fantasy football, I'm competitive. Uh, you know, I'm not somebody that's going to throw a fit or cry about, you know, a loss. If somebody wins, it's fair and square, whatever, but I can't stand when people lose, And when they immediately go to this excuse of, well, I just don't have a lot of time in my life for fantasy football. Uh, I'm a better husband or I actually hang out with people or I have a family. Uh, You know what? Listen, I got a family. I got friends. I got a full time job. Um, it's about how you spend your time. And if you don't want to spend your time on fancy football, of course you're going to lose. I, that's, you don't have to explain that to me. Uh, if you have no time for fancy football and you are just donating money to us every year. Great. Wonderful. I love it. Uh, I'm still going to rail you for losing every year i'm not going to rail you that's not what i mean i mean you're still going to have to have the the uh the aura of being a loser every year i will say in people's defense of
0: that like because i have had jobs that where i've worked on the weekends and things like that that i just i wasn't able to watch football and in our league we don't uh we have a a bit of a law of you know uh wild west as it goes as it pertains to the free agency. You know, in other leagues they they have a waiver period. So after Sunday, if say someone's quarterback got hurt, they have a chance to pick it up if they weren't watching the game live. Mm-hmm. Pick up their backup, I mean. So I'm I just saying be- there are yeah. there are but you know things you can put in place for that. Um, and but I understand we're in a very competitive league where we're just, you know, we're like I said it is you're just shooting from the hip.
2: So and I can totally understand that from, from that point of view. Yes, I get it. Okay. I wasn't able to grab the backup for my star player can, going down. Yeah. It can be That's, detrimental to your team, to your season. It, it can be. What I'm talking about is somebody comes in uh, to the draft and just wings it, uh, or has no idea who X player is, who down becomes a star or, uh, you know, just loses year after year after year. Uh, not because they're working on Sundays, but rather because they just haven't put in time studying. They haven't put in the uh, time to acquire knowledge on football or or whatever. And they just well, that's don't... why we're making these podcasts. I mean, yeah, hell, I'm making a podcast. I'm studying I'm on vacation right now. I'm, and I'm doing a podcast I'm studying uh, and and trying to put together a draft strategy for this weekend. Uh, you know, this is a uh, big deal for me. This is an exciting week, an exciting time of year. This is, uh, one of the most exciting times of year. You know, the holidays, this is the beginning of the holidays for me. You've got the fancy football draft. Uh, and then, you know, a few months later, you've got Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and fancy is over. This is the holiday. This is like the beginning for me. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great, great time of year for me and I'm super excited and I just hate to hear people say something like, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm too busy uh, being a dad. It's like, yeah, man. Are you are, are you that, saying that, that I'm that's not a pretty good a reason dad? of all
0: reasons to like you okay,
2: know. But have, what I, I mean that, I'm
0: just saying there are worse reasons. Like that's a pretty good one.
2: You know, no, like but, but what, they're, okay what with they're that excuse, man. That's all I'm saying. But but what they're entailing is that. You're not being as good a dad as me because you beat me in fantasy football. (laughs) Okay, when you're taking it like that. uh, But but that's what I'm saying. I am also, uh, it's not like I sit here as a hermit in a room studying stats and going over, uh, you know, different angles for draft strategies and all the sort of stuff.
0: I understand where you're coming from, but I mean that's how I feel about people that don't want to get the vaccine, and I hear right. their reason. They're like, "Well, there's nanobots in them." I'm like, so you're saying I have nanobots in me? Well, you're going to be infertile. Right. So you're saying I'm infertile, so like, like right. it, every time, I'm just like, yeah, kind of fuck you too, then you know. But right. uh,
1: yeah. It's, so it's, I,
0: I I see what you're saying, um, but it's. It, it's just one of those things. If, you know, if, like you said, if they want to donate money to the
2: league, then that's more than welcome. It, you know, that's that's fine. You know, we, you need a bye week. Right. We all have busy lives, we all have our own things going on. Uh, it's how you choose to spend your time. I choose to spend a lot of time put into this league and fantasy football, and it shows. I have three championships. Uh, I pride myself on those three championships. I, it makes me happy. Uh, you know, if you have zero, don't be discouraged by somebody having three, go out there and get one, go out there and, and, you know, and perform. It's just uh, something that you know, that, that really drives me up the wall is that when people lose uh, they say, I'm not trying or I'm not trying very hard or I'm not trying as hard as you. Uh, that's just a bunch of crock. We're all traveling across the country this weekend uh, to get together for the first time in two years. And we're all spending, you know, getting away from our families and and getting together and having a great time uh, because we care about each other. And we do that uh, in the spirit of fantasy football. And winning is everything. It is. Uh, So um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm definitely, uh, you know, getting, getting into football mode as you will. Um, I've had a few people ask me and so I, I will divulge a little bit of information. Um, I'll give you five questions, Scott, about, um, our, our gridiron southern conference draft so just a little background uh we have a gridiron southern conference that has been going on for about uh, 15 years now like 12 years uh, that we've been in this league and we always have our draft identical format the week before our gridiron draft uh, this year, I think there was a lot of people inquiring about what happened in that draft or, um, uh, you know, the order of picks or whatever, uh, Scott, is there anything that you want to know about that draft? And, uh, if no, let me know.
0: Man, you, you really sound desperate because like, personally, I don't give a fuck about that league and I'm not inquiring <laughs> You sound like you're trying to sell me some pyramid scheme makeup and be like, everybody's been asking me about my foundation lately. Nobody is asking you about that league. I'm excited for our draft. And that's the only draft I'm thinking about. Fuck that league. Fuck those picks. I'm done.
2: Okay. And and no, I, I can understand that point of view, but what I'm talking about is our draft. Um, I'm talking about prepping for our draft. Yeah, you guys is... have a
0: mock draft every year. That's nice. That's great. I do a mock draft sometimes uh, online with people I don't know. I, I get it. But I'm just saying, I don't care about that league. Don't don't come at me with, like, I got five questions ready about that league. I got jack shit ready for that league because I don't give a fuck about it.
2: Okay. Well, I will divulge a little bit of information just as a, uh, you know, just teasing about how it went. Um, First tight end was taken third round. Uh, Defense started in the seventh. Um, Let's see. First receiver was taken uh, early second. Were there Uh, as many... Draft trades
0: in that league? In that league, guys, in this one, zero, zero. That's awful. Zero. That's Man. awful. So it's not. So nothing will be that telling of it because there's, it's going to be very different just on draft flow. Oh, absolutely. Have, I mean, what I think probably ten out of fourteen teams have made a tr- at least one trade. Yeah.
2: So three running backs taken first round. Good luck. Um. Chase took Derek Carr in the second round. There you go. Get it, Derek. <laughs> yeah, I think you know him pretty well, right? Yeah, I had
0: him last year. He's uh he's hard to watch sometimes. But sometimes he's great to watch, but sometimes he's hard to watch. Yeah, for sure.
2: Uh first kicker was uh Justin Tucker. Uh, I'm looking here. I'm thinking, I, I'm pretty sure it was Tucker. Yeah, it was Tucker, eighth round. Um, so that's something to look at. Uh, nobody took another kicker beyond that until, uh, I believe, around 11, and Harrison Bucker was taken. Um,
0: People always think Harrison Bucker is going to be good. He's never that good. They don't kick that many field goals. Like, and most of the time, like, half the time, if they're close, Mahomes is just like, no, I'm going to go for it. And reads like, yeah, okay. And your kicker just stays on the sideline. People always take Harrison Butker too early. It's a mistake. I, I, I think
2: mistake. we've talked about this on the on the kicker podcast. Like, the fallacy of extra points being a good indicator of you being a good fantasy kicker is just so yes. dumb. Like, if the team scores a bunch of touchdowns, your kicker is getting boned. <laughs> you need the the... the Kicker that comes out and scores points for his team, not the team the the, the kicker that gets points because his team scores. Um, that's just exactly. a little tidbit. Little tidbit. Uh, Mister Relevant was Dwayne Haskins Jr. Uh, hey, not bad. I like that. Nice flair. <laughs> yeah, you think that so? Mason Rudolph backup though. Yeah, he's but. not even starting. The was the was Rudolph game.
0: was Rudolph taken?
2: Rudolph was not taken.
0: So, they took the third string quarterbacks out of the second
2: yeah, I mean it may be telling to what uh, what you know this draft, how different it is from other drafts, but but yeah, Maybe I mean it research? was it was i mean yeah it's it's a lot different, a lot lot different uh, I believe that we'll see uh things go a lot different um. See anything else notable that I need to um, say? Let's see. Last starting quarterback um, was taken, I believe. Uh, I mean, Mac Jones not really a starting quarterback, round thirteen. Hmm. Um, I mean, it
0: sounds like a good draft, and I do understand that that like with that league does follow the same format we do which is pretty is very deep and very and very it's a lot more competitive than any other league i've ever played in so it's it really makes the the year a lot more fun compared to any other uh format i've played in so i i do respect that and it's just like i said if you had more draft trades i could compare it to our league but with to Mm -hmm. our draft uh, but without that, it's, it's very hard to say uh, compares where players are going to be taken because, you know, the first six rounds are going to be a little crazy, a lot more
2: different than we than probably we've ever seen. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But uh, just throwing that out there to people. I mean, I'm not going to answer uh, individual questions when people say they want a carbon copy of what happened. Obviously, I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, abide by that. but. But yeah, that's just about it. Um, man, Scott, this is a huge week, a new year, a fresh start for us. I'm excited for our draft. I'm excited for everybody's listings draft. If they're not in our league, if they're in a different league, um, this is an exciting part of the year. This is an exciting month. Um, you know, if football still isn't more... It's, football's more than a month away. You know, relevant football's more than a month away. But man, I am excited for drafting. I'm excited for putting together my teams. Like I said, great part of the year. Any predictions for our draft this weekend? Do you have anything at all?
0: Uh, just, we're gonna have a good time and uh, hope everybody stays safe, stays safe and just looking forward to the draft, you know, just looking forward to seeing everybody.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that's just about it. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this on your flight, your, uh, your, your trip into town your uh, commute, whatever you got going on this week. Uh, we will see you guys next week, I believe uh, to review what happened this weekend in the draft and go over uh, current NFL news and notes, obviously week one uh, or of the preseason. that's going to happen this weekend and uh, hopefully some hard knocks happening next Wednesday, I believe. So, um, exciting stuff man exciting stuff alright we will talk to you guys later see
1: ya I hear you man we sit the a little the We a little the Let's get it on. Vi